listening to another episode of the Beulah Girl podcast. For links, related resources, and even more encouragement, visit BeulahGirl.com. Hey, everybody, and welcome back to another episode of the Beulah Girl podcast. I'm Susie Lolly here with Carol Whitaker. She is the founder of BeulahGirl.com. And if you're a woman looking for encouragement in any area related to self-worth and confidence and just some really good, solid Bible teaching as well, we encourage you not just to listen to the podcast, which is awesome, but also go read the article because you can find all the scripture references there and even more encouragement. This is part two of a series on affliction, and you're like, Susie, affliction, that's so depressing. It's not. So if you are picking this up in the middle of the series, we encourage you to go back and listen to the previous episode. Tonight we are continuing, and if you did miss that episode and you're like, I am not going back and listening, we want to just recap for you. So our key scripture last week was in Psalm 119, which we pointed out was a very long psalm. It's in the center of the Bible. It's mostly about the law, but toward the end of this psalm, David says in a few scriptures, which are verse 71 and then verses 75 to 76, it was good for me to be afflicted so that I might learn your decrees. I know, Lord, that your laws are righteous and that in faithfulness you have afflicted me. May your unfailing love be my comfort according to your promise to your servant. And so we were kind of dealing with in that episode and we'll continue to wrestle with in this one, you know, the words you have afflicted me talking to the Lord. That's kind of an unusual terminology for us in modern Christianity where we believe it's grace, grace, God's grace, and he's only love. He is love, but like any loving father, he does redirect us when we need it, and that's called affliction. Um, The two points that we talked about last week are how affliction does teach us to obey God's lessons, but then also kind of how it sets up a precedent for us to obey in future situations as well. And so tonight, Carol's going to unfold and break down this scripture for us with the point that God afflicts us because he's faithful. So Carol, affliction, faithfulness, I don't really know how those go together. So if you'll kind of shed some light on that for us in this episode. Right. I want to just say, um, too, one of the things we talked about last week was just this idea of trials can come into our life for many, many reasons. We are focusing on trials that come into our life because, you know, God is wanting us to sort of learn something or he's teaching us through our experience but there are numerous reasons we can have trials and there may be some of you listening that have that very sensitive conscience and may think oh my goodness is what i'm going through you know god's you know putting this on me well that's what we're talking about is that you know we can only know that by turning to god so we're going to be talking a little bit about just the idea of you know his faithfulness um but i do want those of you listening to know that we can suffer trials for many many reasons um because we live in a fallen world um because satan is basically out to destroy us Mm -hmm. um just yes sometimes it's consequences for our own um sins and also because god allows affliction at times but sometimes we can also do good and we can be persecuted for that so it's really only you know, we have to kind of weigh out what's going on in our situation, but we are focusing on affliction that does come because God is attempting to teach us something. And what's very interesting in the Psalm that Susie read is it does say that it was in faithfulness um, that he was afflicted. Um, And that's verse 75. And this can be very confusing because here um, it's saying that it was because of God's faithfulness that he afflicted him however 
you know, this can be so confusing because for us, we don't really see God in those terms. We think that if God is a God of love, then he only, you know, only those blessings and those peace, you know, those actions that bring the things we want in our life come from God. Well, yes, God is out for our good, but one of the things we talked about in the last podcast is sometimes we he uses difficult circumstances to mold us more into the character of of Jesus. And so sometimes we go through those things. But I, I want to read first Peter four nineteen, which says, So then those who suffer according to God's will should commit themselves to their faithful creator and continue to do good. Now this passage is referring to Christians who are persecuted for doing good. And it's saying, you know, even sometimes when you're right in the will of God, which is different than the type of suffering we're, we're discussing, yeah. we, we sometimes can suffer. Um, but what it tells us in that passage is that we can still trust God to do what's right, knowing he always knows and does what is best for us. So whether we're suffering because we've done good and he's allowing that suffering, we're sharing in the suffering of Jesus, He's allowing that we can still trust him because yeah. he only does what's good or even if we were in a situation where we maybe have kind of drifted off the right path and we've made some poor choices and we're in some challenging circumstances because of choices we've made if god allows a circumstance in our life to teach us then we can still trust him um because god always acts out of his perfect character so everything he does is because of his justice, his love, his mercy, his holiness. So he can never do any wrong. Mm -hmm. So even if we're in a situation that feels wrong right. and feels bad and we don't like it, that doesn't mean that God is wrong or God is bad. Everything he does is perfect and we can trust it. Um, Susie, I know you'll appreciate this, but um, you know, I got to throw in the English teacher reference. We were both English teachers, and if you read Greek mythology, one of the pieces we both have taught before is Odyssey, mm -hmm. um, which has a lot of Greek gods and goddesses. But those gods and goddesses in um, Greek mythology had supernatural powers, mm -hmm. but they were very human. Right. They were jealous, mm -hmm. or they were fickle, or they, you know, did things that they shouldn't do. And whenever I was teaching the Odyssey and would kind of talk about some of these gods and goddesses i thought to myself how how great that our god is not like that right that he is everything that we're not because if we had a god with so much power that was just you know sinful like us then we couldn't trust him but we can trust him because it talks about in the bible his steadfast character and that everything he does even his discipline of us is out of his faithfulness out right. of his the fact it says also in, in the Bible, in Hebrews, it talks about how he disciplines us because we're if we're considered sons or daughters. Right. That it's only because he cares about us that he's leading us in the way that we should go. And he, you know, is smoothing some of those rough edges that we all have. And I think if you're... Um you know, we don't know exactly who's listening to the podcast. We would love for you to tell us, you know, sometimes sometimes we're sitting in the coffee shop. We're like, okay, who is this going to? We know somebody's listening to it. We can see that. But um, we don't know who's listening. And maybe you're a skeptic or you're somebody who's like, you know what? I feel like I've had more than my share of suffering. And I, I was thinking of how to word this. And I'm like, some of you might be thinking, does God have a God complex or something? Which would be a funny way to think it. He is God. But 
does God have some need to like make us grovel and make us worship him? And, you know, but I want to start out by saying God does not have any needs. God's completely complete. (laughs) He is whole in himself. He doesn't have any needs. He created us because he wanted to, because we bring him joy, which makes me very happy. Um, you know, but he doesn't have any need to make us suffer, you know, suffer earthlings or, you know, whatever. He doesn't have any need. Um, but he allows our afflictions because, again, as I, I kind of alluded to in the last one, if he just gave us what we needed, you know, because we all know we're going to come out on the other side of affliction with something, even though we might have a painful consequence, but we also will have something in our character that has been formed. Um Sadly, I, I saw on Facebook today a friend who lost her daughter 10 years ago. Today's the 10-year anniversary, and that has nothing to do with any choices she made, okay? The daughter had a disease and, and passed away. Um, I'm sure she would never say, I want this trial. She wants her daughter back. But I can say that um, a devotion to other people with cancer has come out of what has gone on with her daughter. Mm-hmm. She agreed to have her head shaved um, at school as you know like as a fundraiser and she never would have done that before that's not a very you know thing that women will be drawn to she's she's become very active in having compassion for other people with that disease because of what she's gone through so God could tell us all day he could elevate us to the next place he's not doing any of this afflicting or discipline would be another way to say it he's not doing it because he has some kind of a complex where he needs us to know he's powerful it's nothing to do with that Um, because of, like it says here, his unfailing love. He has an unfailing love that just will not let us stay in um, our current level of godliness or character, but he's going to allow that to be formed through what we would say in English teacher terms, the crucible, you know, Mm -hmm. sometimes, which feels really hot, really painful, and it's not something we would want to go through. Um, But God does, we get something out of everything. He said he turns everything for our good. So, um, you know, we've, we've talked about, you know, three ways that this scripture talks about affliction. Um, but what else could we say about, you know, this last point? Because I know there's more to say about, you know, God and, and the times that he afflicts us maybe because of choices we're making. Right. So it says, um, the, the, the next part I want to break down in this verse is in um, passages in verse 76 where it says, May your unfailing love be my comfort according to your promise to your servant. And I just want to read to you um, from the Living Bible, which this is a paraphrase of the verse. It's not um, like necessarily a translation, but it's just a paraphrase. But it says, Now let your loving kindness comfort me, just as you promised, surround me with your tender mercies, and I may live, for your law is my delight. What I want to also say is that the amazing thing that is even in the midst of our affliction um, that has come to correct us or turn us from our bad choices, we see that God is a refuge for us and a comfort to our wayward mm-hmm. souls. That he may s- send some difficult difficult circumstances our way, um, but even if we have turned from him and we've run from him, that if we're willing to learn what we need to learn, um, that He, we can turn to him and he will guide us back the way we should go and he's also there comforting us and some his lessons are are not necessarily him standing in the stern you know podium like pointing out our faults but often it's a very gentle um sometimes the circumstances feels really tough but it's often a very gentle um loving way that he kind of shows us and teaches us and comforts us in the midst of we may be brokenhearted what has happened because of 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 certain choices we've made or 
we may be upset with the way um, things have gone, but he provides us comfort. Um, however, so many of us, we, we just get mad um, when, when we go through something. Yeah. We get, or um, we, we just want to turn away. And it's not because we don't believe in God. We may very much believe in God, believe in the Bible, but we are not sure how to deal with what we're going through. And mm-hmm. we just can't believe he would allow and I do want to say, you know, I'm talking about trials as far as maybe relationship problems or health problems or, you know, just kind of those kind of a work situation or maybe some financial struggle. Um, Susie did mention a death of a child. Um, I've read Blessings of Brokenness, and one of the things Charles Stanley does mention is he doesn't believe death is something that God, Absolutely you know, not. just uh, says, well, I'm just going to make someone in your life die. No, but no, he no, no. can often use, um, he can often use the tragedies and we're talking about affliction he sends our way more. I'm more talking about, you know, um, difficult situations or relationships right. or health problems or something like that. But he can very much even use something like, um, you know, um, losses. But I very much encourage you, you know, if you don't, you know, not to be sitting there beating yourself up over. I know some people do blame themselves for a loss of a loved one. Um or so forth. Um, so that's not that the message, and and you'll have to kind of look into the theology of that. I know Charles Stanley in, in his book does mention that he, you know, he doesn't believe that 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 there, you know, God would does do that. We're talking more about you know things that happen maybe with our health or finances or things like that. It's just um, that either way, God is forming character in right. us. Right. He whether use, he's the one right. who's who's disciplining or whether a horrible situation comes out. Right. Not none of us would want either of those situations. None of us want to be afflicted by the devil. None of us want to be afflicted by this fallen world. But my point just being that no matter where the affliction comes, God is so loving that he will bring good out of it and he will bring character out of it. Right. Yeah, which is is um true. Um so sometimes in our anger because sometimes the situation is so challenging that we'll, we'll just say, "You know what, God, I'm done." And Proverbs 19.3, this is kind of a hard verse to read, but it says, you know, in Proverbs 19.3, the person's own foolishness causes him to go astray, but he rages against the Lord. Mm. And I can think of, you know, I shared a circumstance in um, my last blog, a situation I had where I left work. You know, the job I had, the career, I left it behind because I felt led to go in a different direction. Um, There were some nudges from God that I ignored going that direction and then I I just couldn't figure out why things weren't going well for me in this situation why I felt this wall in front of me why things weren't going well and I was furious at God because I was in some you know situation that in many ways I couldn't be successful it's like I just couldn't get past this obstacle that was in front of me and I was about as mad as I've ever been (laughs) I was mad enough to just walk away and say God I'm done um but you know, Susie, when I was in that situation, um, it, it God gently revealed to me that it had been it was my choices um, that I needed to go back and do some things, and mm-hmm. I was mad at God. Yeah, I was furious because of circumstances, but you know, uh, it had come in my life because of some some situations that I had, and so it's hard to look at that sometimes, and there can be a whole myriad of reasons mm-hmm. for affliction. Okay, but here is the hopeful, the hopeful key that all of us need to know is that God may orchestrate the afflictions in our lives 
but he can rescue us from our troubles. Yeah. Um, fighting against him, running, which is what we're all tempted to do, will only delay them. But Psalm 34, 17 says, The righteous cry out, and the Lord hears him. He delivers them from all their troubles. Yes, he does. Even if, even if in this one case he's the cause, because he's the one given the heavenly spanking, as we talked about earlier, um, he's also the solution. You know, it's that's that's him being complete. Not only can I discipline you, but I also can, you know, solve that. I can rescue you when you're crying because of the discipline, as any good parent would do. Your dad would say, or your mom would say, this is going to hurt you more than it hurts me. And as they're giving you the spanking, you're like, there's no way this hurts you more than it hurts me. That was a terrible thing to say. But then, if it's a good parent, they're also the one that comforts you and said, you know, I'm sorry I have to do that. Let's talk about, I ha- sorry I had to do that. Let's talk about how we can move on. Um, I was looking up a scripture and I can't find, but I'll, I'll give it to Carol maybe to add to the, or I'll leave it as a comment on the post. But there's a scripture that talks about, you know, you built the idols. Like it's, it's you know, basically the Israelites would make these idols. Like, for example, the golden calf. They saw that it was their jewelry that went in the fire and made a golden calf. And then when it came out, they worshipped it like it was their deliverer. And in that same way, sometimes we're the cause of our own circumstances. But then we're like, oh, God, why is this happening to me? Well, I can say in my own life, and I'm saying this with a sense of humor. Hopefully you can hear the um, the dimples showing because I do have dimples. Hopefully you can hear the smile on my face that, you know, there have been times when I have plunged myself into my own pit. And then I wanted to blame God for, oh, Lord, why are you afflicting me? Well, thank God he did because I didn't stay there forever. I didn't stay wallowing. And so, um, you know, you want to give us, before we conclude, you've got five. I was about to say seven. There were not seven. But um, you've got five tips for how we feel like we're going through an affliction. And specifically, like we talked about in this case, it's an affliction where maybe we've kind of started the process ourselves. God has just drawn us back to him. What are some things we can endure or do to help us endure during those times of affliction? So I picked these up from Holman Bible Dictionary. I want to know you to know these are not my ideas. But when I was just studying affliction, they had several suggestions that I thought were really good. I've already mentioned one of them or kind of just hinted about it is that, you know, God is the one that can rescue us. So the most obvious thing we can do in a trial, which is number one, is to pray. And really, he's the one that can tell us why we're in what we're in. Yeah. Um, I had a pastor who once used to say, you know, um, if you want to know, ask God. But what he tells you, you may not like, but he's (laughs) going to tell you, you know, the truth. And so we may not like what he tells us, but he's going to tell us. And I have to say, um, it's kind of like a diagnosis at, at a doctor where sometimes it's not real fun to get the diagnosis but there is a certain kind of peace of mind that comes with knowing what's wrong and maybe even a hope that comes because we're like okay you know maybe we have a plan moving forward we have a certain medication we can take or maybe there's a lifestyle change that we can make where we can improve this or we just have you know we know going forward what we need to do and Mm -hmm. it may not be real easy to hear the diagnosis but the unknown, just kind of not knowing is even worse, right? So when we pray, we really press in. We say, okay, God, why am I here? Mm-hmm. And that is hard to do because we may be afraid of what he's going to tell us. Because mm-hmm. um, we may have a little bit of an inkling yeah. in the back of our minds. But to really have, you know, to really press in because there's nowhere else that we can go. Yeah, There's no one else a lot of times that can tell us. There will be a lot of friends that will say comforting things mm-hmm. that can 
share with us. But, you know, only God can look and say, you know, he knows everything. So really pray. Another thing we can do in our affliction, which doesn't really seem like a natural thing to do, is to comfort others. When we are others focused, it really helps us to get the shift of you know off of ourselves poor pitiful me (laughs) poor me kind of out of the pit of despair and i'm not saying to only pay attention to others to the point where you're just you're not really addressing your own problem right just like in denial head in the sand (laughs) i'm just gonna go run do something else so i don't have to deal with this right but it's just saying okay when you're praying and processing through it doesn't necessarily mean you have to shut down your whole life that it can actually help to be serving others yeah because it can get your mind off of you know what you're going through number three is to remain faithful through patient endurance of suffering and that is faithful to the call god has given us Mm -hmm. um i'm not saying that sometimes we can't take breaks because we need to grieve or you know we need to step back for a season sometimes those things are necessary but some sometimes honestly we're going through something hard and we're just tempted to stop doing the things that we need to do Mm -hmm. and we see in the example of jesus a patient endurance of suffering and he never sinned he never got in a situation because of bad choices yeah he got suffering for doing everything right and everything perfect and everything good and god still allowed it for him um and yet he patiently endured it number four cultivate an attitude of joy um you know this isn't really natural or normal sounding for us but it tells us in james to consider it joy when we're going through trials because it's working in us endurance and other wonderful qualities we would never have if we hadn't gone through the trial in the first place right um so uh, you know if it means walking around and and listing things we're thankful for lord i'm glad that i have a washing machine that works right now i'm glad lord that my car is running and i haven't had problems in in a month lord I'm glad that I'm down to only having to take one medication right now. We know whatever it is we can think of to keep our mind in a in a place of yeah. It's not faking the happiness, but it's meditating on good things in our life and saying if we need to just say, Lord, I cannot find any joy right now. Help me. Then we do that. And then number five, follow the example of Jesus Christ, who never sinned. He didn't retaliate. A lot of times when these harrowing situations we find ourselves in, Susie, will involve people mistreating us. Yeah and will involve relationship conflicts where we're so tempted to act wrongly because we're so we're so mad yeah we're mad and it you know or there could just be innocent people like in our path that have nothing to do with our circumstance (laughs) and we're just in a really bad mood about what's going on yeah and they could just be sort of in the way collateral damage and just say you know what i have the worst things happening to me right now i don't need to be nice no even Jesus knew every circumstance when he had opposition from so many people. He always did the right thing. Hmm. Follow his example. So, I really think this has been a powerful series. And it's not just the two parts. Like I said, we talked about perseverance. And then for two, for two weeks, we've talked about, um, you know, what affliction is, you know, in the correct way. But then also how to deal with that, how to process it, how it can be good for us. Um, I think it's been a good series. I don't. I've always been one that actually enjoys preaching that steps on my toes. Um, maybe that's odd. But anyway, um, give us a concluding word as we maybe process what's been maybe not like, today we're going to talk about the happiest topic you ever heard. But I think it is happy because anything that's building character in us is, is leading to a good end. So give us some concluding words on this topic. 
Right, so I gave you five pointers from the Home and Study um, Bible Dictionary, but I also want to just mention one thing that I also noticed when I looked it up, and they just, they mentioned that trials are temporary. Mm -hmm. And, you know, so many times we think that it's going to absolutely last forever, and it's it's not. We have a hope to look forward to, and um, that it's working in us these, you know, these wonderful traits of Christ. Um, no one wants a trial, um, and no one wants to get, you know, in there, but just knowing that God can take us out of whatever we're in, yeah. that he rescues the righteous, um, it really is encouraging us to lean in. Yeah. You know, I read this in my first five app. I don't remember what scripture it was for, but one of the writers was just talking about when we get in quicksand, we're like, get me out, get me out. We start panicking, struggling, fighting, but that will get you even sinking deeper. And instead, when you're trying to get out of quicksand, you're supposed to like lean back um, or lean forward um, rather than try to do the frantic Good fighting. <laughs> um, but lean into that pain and say, Lord, I am hurting so bad here. What is going on? And being willing to lean into it instead of fighting your way out. I just, I just want to say that, you know, I gave a story and kind of continued it on this in the first podcast about leaving my job and encountering a lot of obstacles. And I did get out of that trial, Susie. Mm -hmm. It took, I don't really remember how many years, but it took about two years. And I know that's not real encouraging to some of you, but um, there was a project God wanted me to do. And I just, again, paying attention to his nudges, I went ahead and started doing it. And he lifted me out of that situation. Where that, that, I begged him and I cried and I was like a maniac at the altar every Sunday just like god please please get me out of this and i cried and prayed and it was like he just kept on popping up these little things for me to do that seemed really insignificant going back to my job you know i had some phone calls to make i I just kept on doing those small little things that were like the little crumbs getting me out of you know the little steps and it's like he led me out but he you know and then it was like you know i had been doing that and I was, things were getting better. And then all of a sudden, you know, um, my husband got a job change and I was out, like I was out of there, um, a new situation. And so even now I can look at some things I'm going through in my life and say, okay, God's teaching me some new lessons here. I can look back and see, okay, he delivered me then. He can deliver me now. If God has us at a Red Sea point in our lives, instead of grumbling, instead of complaining, instead of doing all the things that are human nature, say, okay, God, what do you what do you want me to do here? Knowing that if He's brought us in, this is Matthew Henry that has said this. If God has brought us in; He can bring us out. I love that. Um, you lead me in, you lead me out. It's um, of course the song escapes me, but the song that was that I was thinking of a few minutes ago when you were talking, you said something about you know trials are temporary. There's a, a Southern gospel group that I listened to in the '90s. They're called the Martins, and they had a song that said it didn't come to stay; it came to pass. I always would hear the, the phrase, it came to pass, as, and it came to pass in those days that there was a census. You know, we hear it like in the Christmas story. But literally, the trial did not come to stay. It came to pass. And um, I want to pray for us in that hope today that whatever you're going through, it's not forever. God, we love you, Jesus. We thank you, God, because you said many are the afflictions of the righteous, but you, you, Lord, deliver us out of them all. Um, We're going to have afflictions for so many reasons, God, but the ones we've been talking about in these episodes are the ones where maybe we did something to kind of start that journey of us falling into a pit, 
uh, getting stuck, you know, being afflicted in a way, and then maybe we even turn and have blamed that back on you. But, oh, God, aren't you so good, that God, that even when we scream in your face and pound on your chest, things that we've probably done to our own parents as teenagers, God, you're still the same one that when we're ready, when we calm down, we stop fighting against it, as Carol said, when we lay back in the quicksand that we feel like we're going to be sucked down. God, you're the same one who builds a bridge or takes our hand or whatever it is to get us out of that trial. God, having learned, hopefully, what you wanted us to learn. You're such a faithful father, God. There's nothing about your character that is bad, God, but you're the one who loves us so much that you won't leave us the way we were. We thank you, Jesus, for everything you do. In Jesus' name, amen.